ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre, and Wilbon is still not back, but something else is. Tony Kornheiser, my internet baby. No more hosting via an iPhone where people said, are you on the moon? What are you doing? How come you're not doing a regular show? Last night at I'm 8.30. I'm just glad. My internet came back completely, and I turned on the television, <laughs> and I welcomed it like an old friend. I don't even know what I was watching. Our long but I was national nightmare is over. I am just glad to finally declare this. Put the mission accomplished banner above the battleship, please. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, we have, we have Comcast and we have Verizon, and they were both out. Now they're both out. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon is in day four of his intense facial. So I'm pleased to be joined by our great friend with the totally crummy sign, Pablo Torre. That's a little bit better today. And we begin today on the verge of chaos in college football conferences. The Big Ten is reportedly going after Washington and Oregon for sure, and maybe Stanford and Cal as well. And Florida State's president has said the Seminoles will very seriously consider leaving the ACC unless there's a lot more money coming to Tallahassee. Pablo, <laughs> what is your reaction to this? Tony, I just find myself compelled to quote you quoting Don Olmeyer back to you. The answer to all of your questions is money. This is the story. It is college football as a risk board. It is a board game. It is monopoly. Fill in the blank. But it is about the money available with media rights deals when you roll up a bunch of famous programs that have geographic footprints that are mostly useful to, say, a tech company or to a TV partner. And so what it is really is something we saw start about a dozen years ago, threaten and threaten and threaten to do what is currently on the verge of happening now, which is officially disentangle the Big Ten from anything resembling the Midwestern United States. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, my reaction to this is it is a good and probably necessary course correction. I, I don't believe in this mythology that the Power Five conferences are all equal and that they have geographic you know, dominance over other places. I don't believe in any of that. At the moment, the Pac-12, which is actually the Pac-9, at the moment, the Pac-12 is a dying animal on the side of the road. <laughs> and the Big Ten is coming in like a vulture, sniffing at the bones to see what it wants. It'll be a Pac-5 by next Thursday. And after that happens, Arizona and Arizona State and Utah, they're going to go to the Big 12. And Washington State and Oregon State are going to stand there looking at each other like they're late for the prom, and they're going to try to convince themselves, oh, the Mountain West isn't so bad. Meanwhile, Florida State is a total football school. That is all it is. The president of Florida State should wear a helmet to his office at Florida State. There are two football schools in that conference, Florida State and Clemson. Miami used to be, but it isn't anymore. And by next Friday, they're going to be in the SEC. And that, too, is good. We're going to have two gigantic conferences that every Saturday and maybe Friday night as well, we can watch. And this is good. 
Well, you are game-centric. You're about the product. And I wonder how much of the population across the country is going to miss what has been certainly a nostalgic sense of tradition. Because I'm with you, right? I get the reality of the economics of this. I get the difference between the Apple TV Plus deal, which has been proposed reportedly to the Pac-12, Pac-9, as you say, which was about $20 million a year per member school. When you're getting up to the Big Ten era, that level, you're talking about two to three times that. This is not insignificant. Yeah. And yeah. so when you talk about how do you support these programs, of course you need the money. I just wonder if anybody's going to complain about the fact that the Pac-12, the Pacific part of that, is totally irrelevant to anything related to the conference. Most college football fans, beyond their own specific rivalries, want to see the best games possible. There's only about 80 or 90 teams that play D1 football. There's only 30 of them that are any good. So let them all play together so everyone can see them. The only question left, Pablo, in college football is, is Notre Dame going to go to the Big Ten or the SEC? Because mm, yep, there's no geographic imperative anymore. There's, there's none. There's none. No, no. But as we talk about people trying to upgrade their leagues, let's talk about what Leo Messi did. Because he came to the MLS, Tony, and he has done it again. He has scored twice I for Inter-Miami in a win over Orlando City SC last night. You did. He also got into a few scuffles, which I didn't see coming, but Orlando played him more physically than we had seen in his first two games. So the question, Tony, is this. Should the league itself protect Leo Messi? Okay, so let's, let's be perfectly clear about this. Lionel Messi at the moment is the league. Okay, any casual soccer fan out there can't name any other player, can name <laughs> Messi and wants to see Messi. So should they protect him? They should have an armed guard out there with him. If anything happens to him, if he gets knocked out of a game, the guy who runs Apple TV should be allowed to run on the field, grab the perpetrator, and kick him out of the league forever. You cannot have Lino Messi getting a, a, a broken ankle from some rum-dum. Okay, that's not the way it works. So I say this a lot to you, Pablo. I'm not a soccer guy. In fact, I find those mm -hmm. people who are rhapsodic about soccer and talk about the beautiful game, I find them Football. among the most pretentious people on the face of the earth. I once worked with a guy who was a third-string movie critic who actually said to me, every time up and down the field is like a novella, except he said the pitch. And I looked at him, I said, please, please stop. <laughs> like, please stop right now. But the fact is that Messi is great. He is demonstrably better than everybody else. And people want to see him with the ball or, or near the ball. I, I, he's just better. Tony, it looks like Leo Messi is being defended by third-string movie critics on the pitch. <laughs> it is embarrassing. And look, part of me wants to be defensive of the MLS while the MLS plays no defense because Leo Messi has done this everywhere. He did this in the... Premier League. He did this in La Liga. He's done this in France. He, he can do it to the best players, right? He does it in the Champions League, right, where he plays all of them. So to me, MLS can be both a bit of a laughing stock because, yes, Leo Messi is their son. We orbit around him. We orbit around the fact that he has been scoring goals in the first 10 minutes of games, it turns out, with the ease that you write on your legal pad. But at the same time, yeah. he does it to the best of the best. And that's the gift. It's obvious to casuals as well as experts. So, first of all, just a small correction. Messi never played in the Premier League. And you keep calling him Leo like he's Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm getting lost in this thing. Let me just say this about <laughs> Messi. He is the greatest player to ever play soccer in the United States. 
Okay, and that's for two reasons. One, he's one of the four or five greatest players anywhere at any time. And two, he has Ever. come here closer to his prime than the great Pelé or Beckenbauer or Canalia came to America 50 years ago. We are watching art. We are watching Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. It's great. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's great. Like we a novella on. almost. <laughs> yeah, up and down the pitch. <laughs> Please, I beg you, stop. One nil. Stop, stop. According to pro football talk, concern over safety on kickoffs has reached the point where the NFL is considering adopting the XFL kickoff. In the XFL, the kicker kicks from his own 30-yard line, and the rest of the kicking team is five yards from the receiving team on the receiving team's 35-yard line. Only the kicker and the returner can move until the kick is fielded, cutting down collision speeds enormously. Pablo, would you then back this change? I would, Tony, and I am sure there's a lobby out there hoping to save the Dante Hall highlights, the fill-in-the-blank, your favorite kick returner, like those moments. They're great. I get it. But we're talking about an increase in safety as much as these are increases by degree and never by category in exchange for what cost. And to me, that part of the play, if I can still have punt returns, I'll give up kickoff returns in order to make it that much safer, if that's even possible. Yeah, I'm on the Dante Hall group, I'm afraid. Look, I, 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 love, I love the kickoff, so any change like this, I hate. But I cannot continue to keep my feet in the last century. I mean, I, I, I can't. It's the most thrilling play in football, and it's the most dangerous. And I can't honestly defend it. It is an anachronism, as am I. Um, what I don't like is the notion <laughs> that the NFL might want to just start by placing the ball on the 25 which I think they want to do because they've changed their rule for this year so that if you make a fair catch on a kickoff behind the 25, you get it at the 25. And honestly, Pablo, I think most coaches probably say, just give it to us on the 25. We know what we're doing on offense. The XFL right. rule at least encourages a, a kickoff return of sorts. Now, it's really clogged up. You know, I don't know how far you can actually get. Maybe you just have to pretend you're getting a naked screen pass and try to evade one or two guys, but but at least it's not placed down. Right. I've seen it happen, Tony. I've seen XFL highlights where there are their equivalent of Josh Cribbs, Dante Hall taking it to the house, even though they're sort of navigating the constipated area of the field that you just accurately yeah. described. And so for me, yeah. look, I don't think the NFL is in a place to be super choosy when it comes to making decisions about public displays of health. Where can they do it, Tony, if not here? It seems like it's the only place, even if it's only, again, by degrees. No, you, I mean, if, if, you, if you say that you are committed to safety, you really yes. have to walk the walk on it. Gotta do I mean, something. And I, I, I get it, but it's going to look more like rugby than football. That's sort of my problem. It's a compromise that almost changes the nature of the look of the sport. Let us take a break. Coming up, the Jets and the Browns meet in the first preseason game tonight. Yay! But which team will do better in the regular season? And Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman are both putting up remarkably similar stats. So who should be the favorite for NL MVP? A novella. He said to me it was a novella every time up and down. I mean, come on! You know? <laughs> No. I just like how you have a telenovela level of resentment towards this gentleman. Yeah. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. 
Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Toss Up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show, reflects on how much simpler and more rewarding life was when his internet and cable were out, then flips on <laughs> Pro Cornhole at ESPN2 at 9 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Right. What's first? Toss Up, they meet in tonight's Hall of Fame game. Who are you more bullish on this season, the Jets or the Browns? Let me just say I'm glad football is back. Gives us something to talk about for months and months and months Same. that people care about. Um... So I guess I'm more bullish on the Jets because of starting quarterbacks, neither of whom, of course, will actually play tonight. I just think, Pablo, that a whole new world is going to open up for Aaron Rodgers in New York, and I think he will be beloved by Jets fans if he wins the first or first two games or something like that. And I don't see that for Deshaun Watson. He had a, a year to be liberated last year, and, and it didn't happen. Cleveland fans don't love Deshaun Watson. Nobody loves Deshaun Watson. No. I think he was 3-3 three and three as a starter. He had seven touchdown passes and five interceptions. And the offense, when he was out there, averaged less than 13 points a game. So that's, that, that's really not good. Um, it's hard to root for him after all those lawsuits. It's hard. It's easier to root for Rodgers, who's crazy, like with a dungeon of darkness, <laughs> but in an easier way to root for. Yeah, look, I am normally down to make fun of the Jets at any given moment. But when you put them against the Browns, I'm taking the Jets. And I would like to think, Tony, that this is on some level karmic for, yes, the most cynical transaction in the history of the NFL in the Deshaun Watson signing, given all of the reasons you alluded to. But to me, it's as much about the defense. The Browns' defense last year was one of the bottom 10 in the NFL. Even if Watson is better, and I expect him to be better because last season he was so, so bad. I think yeah. that defense, even if they hired Jim Schwartz to be their new defensive coordinator, they need to show and prove in a way that the Jets do not. The Jets have a really good defense. They get their running back back, and he's going to be healthy. They have weapons for Rodgers. They have a lot going for them, and they have not just bad karma, but lots of question marks in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, and they've got uh, Nathaniel Hackett and the revenge tour of Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, that's right. What's next? Toss-up, who's your NL MVP favorite? Ronald Acuna Jr. or Freddie Freeman? I love Freddie Freeman. I, I just love him. He's been the biggest thorn in the side of the Washington Nationals since <laughs> the team came into existence, and I love him and respect him. I actually think this is a coin flip, and I would lean ever, ever so slightly towards Acuna. Uh, Freddie Freeman's batting 338. Acuna's batting 335. Freddie Freeman, let me consult this, 21 homers, Acuna 25, Freeman though 75 RBI, Acuna 64, but Acuna's got 51 stolen bases, the, by the far steals. the yep. best 
in baseball. And Acuna's team is, is 32 games over 500, and Freeman's team is 16 games over 500. As I said, I love Freddie Freeman, but Acuna does not. Acuna was asked, no. were they close as teammates on the Braves? And Acuna, and here is the direct quote, we were close in the sense that we shared the same stadium. That is such a good line <laughs> that I'm voting for Acuna. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, sharing the same planet. We are close in that regard. Um, <laughs> Tony, I'm going Acuna because of the speed. I just want to add a little bit of flavor to why that rift occurred, because Acuna was, yes, quite explicit about it. It turned out that Freddie Freeman... The man who cried as a Dodger on behalf of his time with the Braves, which is a great controversy, was so serious about the Braves as an institution that he policed the rules that he thought Braves players should abide by. Meaning, no chains guarding the or obscuring the logos, no eye black spilling out beyond a certain boundary. A lot of really old school stuff that Ronald Acuna Jr. was like, I don't like this guy telling me how to be myself. And for that yeah. reason, Ronald Acuna Jr. is not diplomatic, and Freddie Freeman continues to be. I also think Ronald Acuna Jr. will be the MVP, and Freddie Freeman will not. Just a small bit of advice. You agreed with me twice. It's no way to make a mark on this show. I know. You've got to differ. You've got you to scream Completely. that something is junk. It is junk. <laughs> That's it. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Max Scherzer, a warrior god, makes his first start for the Rangers. And Shohei Otani heads to the mound against the Mariners tonight. What should we expect? We should expect, like, give up about five hits in one run and also hit a home run, don't you think? Can I yell He's about millennials? Good. Is it too late? Can I do that? Millennials! Spin rate, when, exit when velocity. Did, when did what you else start calling him Leo Messi? It's Leo. When did he become Leo? Oh, is that we're... People... <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Happy time, people. Happy 24th birthday, Zach Wilson. Now the Jets' backup quarterback, after being the number two overall pick out of BYU in 2021 and starting for most of his first two seasons. Wilson was 3-10 in 2021. He was better in 2022, winning his first four starts, but he had only one touchdown pass. After a 9-for-22, 77-yard stinkeroo against New England, Wilson was asked if he had let the defense down, and he actually said, quote, no. No, unquote. <laughs> Two days later, he was benched in favor of Mike White, and Wilson became a punching bag in New York. After the season, the Jets went after Aaron Rodgers, and Wilson said of Rodgers, quote, he is someone I've looked up to since I began playing football. I'm very appreciative of him and how much he is willing to help me, unquote. 
Okay, so Zach Wilson, Tony, was ahead of his years in the sense of certain tabloid headlines that we got during his time in New York. But in every other way, he has been, yes, a massive disappointment, who is also just not a threat to Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers saves the Jets from having to deal with Mike White and Zach Wilson. Mike White, not so bad, but Zach Wilson, definitely bad. But Zach Wilson is just not enough of a threat to make me think that Aaron Rodgers has turned a new leaf. Give me someone like Jordan Love, and then maybe I'll consider if Aaron Rodgers is now more willing to coach up a young player. A not-so-happy anniversary, Joe Necro. This is posthumous. But on this day, 36 years ago, Necro was on the mound for the Twins and was asked to empty his pockets. As he pulled his hands from his pockets and threw them in the air, an emery board and a piece of sandpaper flew out. <laughs> Tim Sheeta told this story in 2021. Quote, Necro was a ball scuffer. Rather than tossing balls out of play, I put them in my extra pouch for evidence. Those balls had gouges the size of half dollars, unquote. Necro said he was filing his nails in the dugout, but American League President Bobby Brown didn't buy that, suspended him for 10 games. Sheeta said Necro kept sandpaper glued to his glove hand palm and touched it up to look like human flesh. When he needed extra movement, he took off the glove and rubbed up the ball. See, this is why I get when umpires have to do the whole TSA agent thing and pat down a pitcher <laughs> because of the Necros. I get it. But I also think it's adorable, yeah. Tony, the tangibility of his PED. He wasn't using any sort of performance-enhancing drug. He was using the stuff I used to find in my mom's drawer. And on that level, I kind of love this story forever. Happy trails to the World Cup for Germany. Germany, the second-ranked team in the world, was eliminated from the Women's World Cup before the knockout round. Germany tied South Korea 1-1, which allowed Colombia and Morocco to advance from their group. Germany is an eight-time European champion. Canada ranked seventh in the world, and Brazil ranked eighth, also failed to get out of group play. There are a lot of gloom and doom stories being written about the United States team, using words like lackluster and uninspiring, but they're still playing in this tournament. <laughs> so maybe we ought to slow down that role just a little bit, huh? Tony, I can hear Carly Lloyd pointing out that this is now just the soft bigotry of low expectations. You know, come on, we're the United States, just getting out of the group, not going to be enough if they don't win the whole thing. We're running out of show and we go to the big finish. Max Scherzer, Warrior God, when six innings, gave up three runs and a Rangers win today against the White Sox. Break it down. He was immortal in the first, gave up three earned runs. And then, yes, the God you described, second through the seventh, no earned runs. Recently acquired Michael, Michael Lorenz in the All-Star. Got the win in his first start for the Phillies today, Tony. Are you impressed? Yeah, I wrote this down. He went eight innings. He gave up two earned. He beat a pretty good team. The Marlins are just on the cusp of getting into the playoffs. Shohei on the mound tonight at home against the Mariners. What do you expect? I expect him to, you know, another shutout, another home run, maybe just casual stuff. MMA great Francis Ngannou hired Mike Tyson to train him for his boxing match with Tyson Fury. Does that make sense? Okay, so to begin with, you lost me at MMA great. I mean, I don't care. Mike Tyson, feeling. so great in the hangover. Here's the thing about these boxing <laughs> matches. If you can't kick the guy down, the boxer is yeah. going to win. And Tyson Fury is like 11 feet tall, so he's going to win. Last one, the Cubs scored 20 and 16 in their last two games against the Reds, making Wilbon so happy. How many tonight, Pablo? I think Wilbon's going to be even happier. The Reds are throwing Luke Weaver. He has a 6.8 ERA, so let's say seven earned for Wilbon's Cubs. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. www.pablo.show is my website. It's free. Check it out. But for now, your Sports Center.
I'm so happy that my internet came back and we can do the show the normal way and I'm not looking into an iPhone. I'm happy. Just, uh...